Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tee to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and of course, we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, always uh, good to be with you Tuesday mornings, uh, bright and early, and uh, looking forward to this morning's show. We've got a great guest uh, from the LPJ Epson Tour joining us, uh, Amy Lee, here in just a moment. And then you and I, once again, are going to dip our toes into the no BS zone and uh, for a great discussion, 10 tips to boost your driving distance. So you want to make sure if you're tuning into the program this morning, stick around for the second half of the show because we're going to give you some I, some little tips, if you will, to help you hit it a little further down the fairway. So make sure you join us for that. Um, but always good. So um, I, I want to ask you a quick question. I know it's been a, a little over a week now, uh, but how is Jamie doing from his 117-hole uh, uh, event uh, the other week? Is he still recuperating, or is he back to normal? No, he he went to Fisher's Island and played in the Fisher's Island Invitational shot 73-72-69, and then drove immediately wow. to the Anderson 4-ball at Wingfoot, and they shot 71-66 and got into match play, and they won their first match, and they lost their second match to Stuart Hegestat and his partner, who he's like the number one amateur in the country. So... Uh, they lost three and two, and now he's back and uh, back to work. So all is well. Never well, skip about a beat. time he goes. <laughs> about time he goes back to work, man. That's a lot of that's a lot of golf. I couldn't do that pace anymore. Um, but you know, he's he's young and he's got the energy still, and obviously has the the love of the game. So good for him. Um, all right, we're going to be joined by our very special guest. Lee, she is an LPGA uh, Epson Tour player, uh, grew up in Bree, California. Uh, she had a successful junior golf career and eventually going on to play for uh, USC and Baylor University. In the uh, 2016-2017 season, she was named uh, the Big 12 Player of the Year and earned a WGCA All-American Second Team Honors, uh, made the, her Baylor uh, debut playing as an individual, then played in the number one and number two spot in lineup in uh, her next 12 events at that time. Uh, and then she joined the Epson Tour in 2019, uh, which, of course, was her rookie year, and played in 22 events, making uh, eight cuts, uh, recorded a season-best uh, T2 at the IOA Championship. And in 2020, uh, she played in just five events, uh, making one cut. And then last season, uh, she played 19 events, making five cuts. So, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, Amy Lee. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be joining you guys this morning. We are glad you're here, Ted. Yeah, we're very excited to have. So you mentioned uh, just before we went live, uh, you were in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina last week, uh, battling the humidity as well as the golf course, and now you're up in, in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, getting ready to play your next event. What's What's the event this week that you're – um, that you're getting uh, ready for, and you're actually playing a practice round here in about 30 minutes, so um, we're going to have to make yeah. sure we, we get you. So tell us, what's the event, and uh, what have you been doing to sort of get yourself ready mentally for this uh, this week? Yeah, I mean, um, last week and this week are both uh, new new courses on the schedule. 
So um, just getting out here and just try to get prepared and get familiar with the course, um, and that's all we can do. And um, it's a new event, and they had um, the LPGA out here a few years back, so some of the girls might have seen the course, but it's new to me. What do you do specifically for you, I mean, to prepare? I mean, obviously you're going to go out there and warm up and, and uh, work on your, yep. your, your game overall, but is there anything that specifically – what's your routine, I guess, is what I'm asking. What's your routine as you prepare okay. for, for, the game, uh, for the round? Yeah, so uh, when I come out to a tournament, um, I usually get out here, like, earlier in the week, um, and I'll play, like – one to two practice rounds, just get familiar with the course, and then um, I'll work on a few things that um, my game needs uh, to work on, like whether it's short game, putting, whatever it is that week, I'll focus a little bit more on after after I play my round, and that's about it. That's good. Well, you know what, sometimes just keeping it simple and sticking with, with what uh, needs to be worked on I think is important. Sometimes I know a lot of our amateur golfers that tune in probably work on a lot of things that maybe they don't need to work on because they're pretty good at it and don't focus enough on areas sure. like their putting or short game and that. So I think it's good. I think when you know what you need to work on, that's what you focus on and you just sort of warm up with the rest of it and that. So uh, very interesting approach. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I like the way you just said, I do this, I do this, I do this, and then I go. Um, do you find that if you think too much – it trips you up? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, golf is a very mental game. Um, so it's all about mindset and how you look at things. So messing with things when things are good can kind of trip you up. And um, keeping it simple and working on what you need to work on, and I, I think, is the best way to go. Let me ask you this. Again, I, I teach now. I used to play, and I still play a little bit on the Legends Tour. Um but all day long I'm giving lessons to people who just want to hit the ball. And I, I've got this thing now because I'm getting a little, uh, not cranky, but I, I, I just look at them and I said, you know, if you try to hit the ball, you don't swing the club. If you learn to swing the club, you can tell the ball where to go. And if you know how to swing mm-hmm. the club and you, know, you can tell the ball where to go, what could you shoot? And they just look at me like, what? And I'm like, all you have to do is know how to swing the club to tell the ball where to go, and then you can you can just go play golf. So it's not that hard. Everybody makes it so difficult. So what's the number one lesson you've had to learn in that process? Um, so for me, like, I just keep it simple. I tend to overthink it when I start thinking about the club and the ball and all that. So for me to keep it simple, I just think about – how my body needs to move in order for me to for for uh, for me to make the best motion to hit the ball where I want it to go. So stop thinking about the club and the ball and all that because all that stuff I can't really control as much. Just think about how my body needs to move. Absolutely, absolutely, Ted. So Amy, let me ask you um, because we all have moments that we struggle in a round, uh, struggle in a tournament, what have you, what do you say to yourself when you find that maybe you've had a bad hole or two and you need to regroup? Um, what's, the, what's the conversation internally? What's the internal dialogue that you're having with yourself? What do you say to yourself to get you back on track? Yeah, I mean, a couple things I say to myself is, you know, like I'm a good player, I've put in enough hours of practice for this, and I can do it. Um, I have the ability, and whenever I have a bad hole or a bad shot, um, I try to forget it as soon as I can. Um, mm-hmm. I try not to dwell on it, and, you know, I just kind of laugh it off and, you know, move on to the next. I think that's great, and and you're exactly right. You you can't um, you can't drag that like, like – um, like baggage with you every hole or every shot that you go to. Um, Because if you do, then all of that sort of negative karma starts to creep into your mind. And then then you start thinking about the shots. Then you start thinking about the process, and it just is not going to work. If you were to assess your overall performance, um, 
since your rookie year in 2019 uh, here on the Epson Tour. How would you rate yourself? Where are the biggest areas of improvement that you feel you need? Um, and what do you need to do or change, if anything, moving forward? Sure. Um, so since I joined the Epson Tour, um, I did struggle a bit my first couple of years. This year I've turned it around a little bit, and I've had a few good starts um, over the last few weeks. Uh, but I think the biggest change for me was just mentally, just the way the outlook that I had, um, not putting too much pressure on myself, getting better at forgetting the bad shots and the bad rounds, not taking it too seriously. A um, mm-hmm. few parts of my game where I feel like I can improve, um, short game, because, you know, short game, putting and chipping, that's, that's where all the bucks are made. Um, so that can mm-hmm. always improve. Um, but a lot of it's just mental and how, how to keep a positive outlook on a lot of things. If you were standing at the gate of the next, uh, of next season and a new rookie was coming in, what advice would you give them? Um, I mean, realistically, just keep yourself organized because it's a lot of golf and a lot of scheduling and a lot of planning. Um, mm-hmm. And just really just have fun. Don't take it too seriously. You know, like it's a lot of golf. It's a long season. So find ways to keep yourself happy. And that, that's really what I was looking for, the answer I was looking for. Do you think, do you think that a lot of players coming out, including maybe yourself, you know, because you're, you're, you're trying to perform your best, obviously, out there. Do you think that they get too wrapped up in technique and so forth and they forget to have fun? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you first come out here, and especially if you're just turning professional, it's like you have high expectations and it's a lot of pressure and stress that you could be creating for yourself. And um, mm-hmm. when things don't go well, it's really easy to, to get down on yourself and just, you know, just, you know, just looking around and just, you know, taking a breath of fresh air and just seeing why you actually came out here and why you actually enjoy playing the sport and the game. And I think that's really important. I couldn't agree more. Cindy? You are so right. Um, I think people, uh, one of the hardest things for me, because I played on tour for three years, and uh, one of the hardest things for me was, when I came home, my mom and her friends, uh, everybody sees what you shoot every week, right? So they see your bad days, and they would, you know, oh, I saw you missed the cut, and oh, I, I'm like, oh, my God, shut up, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I gave them some <laughs> And I said, look, I'm coming home. It's be nice to Cindy week. I do not want to hear it. Well, they made me a T-shirt. And it, on the front of it, it says, I don't want to hear it. On the back, it says, tonight's the Sydney week. But again, it's not, the, the easiest part is being on the golf course. So tell our listeners how much, it, like you just said, you have to be organized. You've got to make your own schedule. It's such a great learning experience uh, because, and again, I don't want to say this, but like once you quit playing, our son tried to play. My husband played on tour for 15 years, right? So it's in our family. My daughter works at the Golf Channel. So once you know what you're doing, you are such a great candidate for any kind of job because you've been reliant on yourself. You're resourceful. You're resilient. You know how to do things. You can be accountable. So tell us or tell our listeners some of the things that you have to do that don't have anything to do with swinging a club. Yeah, I mean, uh, a couple things that I do is, um, you know, making my travel plans, whether that's flights, rental cars, having somewhere to stay, um, all that, scheduling all that with practice rounds, so keeping organized with my schedule. Um, and with that, like, comes routine. Um, if I keep myself in a routine, like, I tend not to forget things and I'm a lot more organized. And then off the golf course, like going to the gym, keeping myself healthy, um, that's, those are a few things that I have to do. Thank you. Ted? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think, and, you know, we've touched on this a little bit in the past, Cindy, but, um, you know, Amy, I think a lot of people don't appreciate what you gals go through week in, week out. It's not, 
you know, it's not just out there playing the game. That's just one part of it. There's a lot that goes in just to getting just getting to the golf course and everything that has to, uh, you know, flights, hotels, whatever the case is, is going to be, rental cars, as you said, and then keeping a schedule, um, making sure that you're eating nutritionally well so that you have good energy when you're out there. Um, now, do you, you know, some have a pretty stringent fitness routine. Um, some cook themselves a lot, uh, you know, cook their own food, you know, get groceries, whatnot, um, and don't eat out a lot. What's your kind of routine? If you're coming into this event, like, are you going to cook a lot yourself um, so that you make sure you're eating a little healthier, or do you kind of do a little of both? Give us an idea of what your week's going to look like. Yeah, so um, I I try not to eat out every single meal because I tend not to feel so great. Um, a lot of the times mm-hmm. we're lucky enough to be able to stay with host families, and sometimes they'll cook for us, which uh, I, it really helps out and I appreciate. So then like, I'll get mm-hmm. some home-cooked meals. Um, I go to the gym like three or four times a week, um, keep like a consistent fitness regimen, and yeah, those are a few things that I do to keep myself feeling good and prepare myself for me to play my best. Yeah, you've got to have a, a routine like that. So the other thing, Amy, I wanted to ask you is in your downtime, obviously there's weeks in between uh, events sometimes. Sometimes you'll play a few weeks in a, you know, straight, and then you'll get a couple of weeks off or a week off. What do you do in the downtime for fun? What do you do um, when you step away, or do you step away from golf? Do you just sort of keep practicing, playing a little bit, or do you have other things that you like to do? Sure, yeah. I mean, um, every off week, like I get, I go home every chance I get, um, just because I don't, I don't get to go home very often. So when I do go home, like um, I won't completely take off golf. I'll still go out and hit balls or something like that just to keep myself a little fresh. Obviously, I'm not playing 18 holes every single day like I am uh, when I'm on the road. But, yeah, I'll go out with friends. I'll, I'll go on hikes and, you know, just kind of relax. And a lot of it's really just resting because um, people don't realize how exhausting it is just to travel. Um, so a lot of the days, like, I just kind of sit at home and relax. Like, Yeah. Yeah, and you've got to have that, you have to have that downtime um, to be able to do that, uh, to have the energy to, to get back on, on track for the following week when you're back into a tournament. Um, so what do you think? You mentioned that your first couple of years um, since joining the Epson Tour, you struggled a little bit. What were you specifically struggling with? Obviously, the, the, the mindset uh, was one thing. Were there parts of your game as well that you've now sort of tuned up a little bit more? Uh, over the last couple of years that you feel are stronger now into the 2022 season? Yeah, I mean, realistically, like I said, a lot of it was mindset and mental. Uh, I was putting way too much pressure on myself and taking everything way too seriously. And when I had bad rounds and bad shots, I would dwell on them a little too long. But specifically, um, improvements that I had in my game are um, I'm hitting the ball straighter and um, I have improved my putting. And I think those are two key things that have helped me to play a lot better this year. Very good. Cindy, go ahead. What do you do for fun? For fun? Um, I'm really into, like, being active and fitness, so I like going to the gym. I like hiking. Um, I like uh, – I'm also a big foodie, so I'll go out and try new restaurants and stuff like that with my friends. So those are, those are things that I like doing. Um, I like going to concerts. Um, so, yeah, those are the things I do on my downtime. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. Uh, so, Amy, let me ask you, you're, you're getting ready now. You're going to be playing a practice round here in a little bit. Um, what do you do during your practice round? What are you most like? And the reason why I'm asking is, is obviously you know what you're looking for, what you're looking to do is to get familiar with the course. Um, But kind of just briefly walk us through what you are looking to observe in a practice round. The reason why I say that is I want our listeners to really understand from a professional standpoint what it is, that how they handle a a round of golf um, differently. And I'm not talking competitive round. I'm talking as they prepare uh, to play their best out there. So what are you doing? What is it you're looking for in a practice round? Okay, yeah. So in a practice round, like what I'll do it's in my yardage book, I'll make um, marks of where I want to hit the ball. 
Um, mm-hmm. So how far I want to hit it off the tee and exactly what location would be the best spot in order for me to attack the green. And um, on the greens, um, I'll look at some of the slopes. And around the greens, I'll look at, um, you know, like what's the best place for me to hit the ball and where it wouldn't be a good place to miss so I can avoid that. So really what you're doing, if I understand what you're saying, is it's about strategy. You're trying to get a game plan together to say, where do I want to position myself on this each hole um, and to give myself the best opportunity to approach or attack the green, if you will, uh, and, or the pin, what have you. Um, so it's really sort of developing a strategy uh, before you actually get into the event. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's all about placement um, and, like you said, strategy, because um, realistically the goal is to make par on every single hole, so just to avoid uh, places where I don't want to be um, or more so just see where I actually want to hit it. And then furthermore, from there, I'll look at, like, the types of grass, so I'll I'll hit some chips around the green to see how the ball reacts. And, um, yeah, just that's about it. Keep it simple. Yeah, cause, uh, yeah because a lot of amateurs, as I'm, I'm sure you've played in, a, uh, I'm sure, quite a few pro-ams over the years, and what is one or two of the number uh, one things that you see amateurs do that does not serve them well when, they're, when you're seeing them in a practice round or a pro-am, rather? Okay, yeah, I mean, the number one thing that I see is, um, like, whether it's off the tee or in the fairway or wherever it is, a lot of times amateurs make the mistake of looking at the areas where they do not want to hit it. So the mm-hmm. mindset that they have is, I cannot go here and I shouldn't go here. Um, but what I like to think about is instead of thinking about where you cannot hit it, think about where you have to hit it. So keeping, keeping more of a positive outlook not seeing where you cannot hit, just looking at what you have to do. Yeah, because you're, you're obviously observant enough. You know where the trouble is, but you're not focusing sure. on it. You're focusing on where the – yeah. And so you're doing the opposite, essentially, of, of what they're doing, um, whereas exactly. instead of looking and focusing on, okay, where I want to put the ball, they're thinking, okay, where I want to avoid. And it's almost like a magnet. Exactly. It just seems to – Draw, draw their golf yeah. ball into the rough or, you know, or into the pond or exactly. whatever the case. Um, do you think also, too, um, that a lot of them miss club when they're making their selection, um, that they're underclubbing? For instance, you know, if they've got a, you know, 165 yards uh, to the green, let's say on their approach shot, you know, they're not choosing enough club. Is that something else that you notice, too, a lot with pro, uh, in the pro-ams is that they're not picking the right clubs? Yeah, I mean, that definitely happens because a lot of the times what I see is, like, amateurs think about when uh, how far they're going to hit a club when they flush it, when they hit it their best, instead of thinking about right. average, how how far they're going to hit this club. Yeah, and so that, I think that definitely Cindy, tends to happen. Yeah, and Cindy's played in a lot of pro-ams, and I, Cindy, I think you would concur with that. That's a, a pretty common one as well as under-clubbing and, and not uh, making the right selection. Um, Cindy, any, any final thoughts or questions you have for, for Amy before we let her go? No, I love your attitude. Go have fun and kick some butt. Have a great day Sounds and a good. great week. Make <laughs> a lot you. of birdies. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Amy, for joining us this morning. We appreciate it, and good luck this week. Thank you so much. All right. All right, that was our special guest, uh, Amy Lee, uh, LPGA Epson Tour player this morning, joining us. Very, uh, very straight, down to earth. When you agree, Cindy, I mean, she just she knows what she wants, really decides what she has to do to get it done, and then just goes and does it. End of story. On to the next. Yep. <laughs> right. That's, I love that. But here's yeah. the point: she had to learn that, and sometimes right. you have to be in enough pain, you know, she said she really struggled. And then she figured out yeah. she was thinking too much. And, I, and a lot of people, uh, what's the word? I, they try to, everyone that wants you to succeed, and then they all criticize what you're doing that works best for you, which will help you succeed. And you have to know yourself, and you have to put up a fence around your head and you know, mm-hmm. don't let them in your head. 
or inside the fence. Lock the gate. Yep, that's a that's a great lock the gate. That's another T-shirt, I think. Um, no, you're so you're so right. I mean, you've got to, and I think she hit it right on the head too. Uh, is it, it's really the mindset that you come in. You know, that was her biggest struggle early on. I mean, and I think this is, and that's why I asked her the question. You know, if you were to advise the next group of of rookies coming in, what would you what would you tell them? And I think that's an important one. Is you know, go out and have fun and and. You know, there is a process. You've got to, There's a lot of other components to playing professional golf other than just on the golf course. You know, preparation. Uh, you know, getting your schedules uh, in line and so forth. Uh, just getting to the event. But I think it's the mindset. A lot of them. I mean, and we've talked this so many times over the years, Cindy. Uh, you and I have how many of these players that have come up here uh, on the show and have said, you know when I finally said, you know what, I'm just going to go out and have some fun, they started winning because they weren't putting yeah. so much pressure on themselves. And, but that that's, comes with experience. That's, a learning, that's in anything, I think, in any job, but particularly here where you're, you have to perform and you've got you know, eyes watching, uh, not just other competitors, but you've got you know, fans and you've got media and things like that watching. It's a lot of pressure, especially for these young ladies coming out of you know, college and, and so forth. So very interesting uh, Wish her well, and, and as we do with them all, but it uh, be interesting to see how she, she does. Because the one thing I noticed, and I, and I you know, read some of this out uh, in the intro, is she's played in a fair number of events, um, but not made a lot of cuts. So obviously something was styming her, if you will, for lack of better words, uh, along the way. So hopefully she's worked those out. We'll see what her 2022 stats are going to be at the end of the season, how well she fares this year compared to some of the previous years. But all right, we're going to go into the no BS zone here for a great discussion in just a moment. But first, a quick message from Golf Tips Magazine. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, and just on a side note, as we get close to Father's Day, for those of you that are looking to get Dad something great, go to GolfTipsMag.com and enter uh, promo code uh, GOLFTIPS21 and get a year subscription for just $9.99. It makes a great gift for Dad um, and uh, something that I know he would appreciate. So, again, go to GolfTipsMag.com, select the print uh, version of the magazine and enter promo code at checkout GOLFTIPS21 and save uh, a little over 30% off the regular subscription price. Get it for just $9.99. I know Dad will love it. There's some great tips in there, a lot of great instructional uh, uh, articles and so forth as well. So make sure you check that out. All right, Cindy, you and I are going to enter once again into the no BS zone, and we're going to talk about 10 tips to boost your driving distance. And who, Cindy, who doesn't want to get more distance off the tee, right? Uh, I don't know anyone. <laughs> totally <laughs> right. agree. Well, including right. me, and you and, don't and want the, to know how much I've spent trying to buy yardage. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you've even tried to buy some off of the players that we've had on the show, and uh, unfortunately, they're they're not willing to give up those yards. They need them still. So, uh, so a, a lot of what we're going to talk about here over the next uh, a little bit is really designed, um, as as the listeners will see, it's really applicable for anybody. But you're going to notice that there's kind of a pattern here, and it's really for some of our more uh, seasoned or, or older golfers that might be struggling with distance off the tee. If you're, you know, in your 20s, you still got a lot of energy, and, and usually you can belt it. But there's still some good techniques here. So, one of the things, um, you know, when your body begins to sort of uh, decrease in strength as we get older, and it happens to everybody, unfortunately, um, one of the things that you can do is to engage your hands and wrists a little bit more. In other words, um, use them more as they're your, your levers, if you will. So it becomes more important to use them. Now, I don't mean that you have to get overly wristy, uh, but you need to engage them a little bit more um, because what happens with a lot of, and we'll talk about this in a moment, but 
with a lot of players as they're going into the backswing, they don't cock their wrists at all. And the club actually feels very heavy, and they're not generating. When they come around, they're rotating back into impact because the wrists have not really been engaged properly. They're not getting that sort of extra snap, if you will, which gives you distance. It's not just all about turning the big muscles. It's about gauging your, your hands and your wrists effectively, and a lot of players don't do that. What are your thoughts here, Cindy? Well, club head speed will make the ball go farther. So, it, again, the mission is to let the club head swing as fast as possible, which means you're going to have to stabilize the body and activate the head. So mm-hmm. I I have students do drills that hopefully allows them to feel how to swing the club head so that they get more club head speed and hit it further. And, again, you don't want to flip it over. You want to let the face open right. and toss under towards the target. But <clears throat> the other thing that I find is if they keep their arm too stiff, they're not able yes. to swing the head. So you've got to really relax your front arm, lead arm, if you will, so that you're able to swing the head faster and through the ball. Yeah, and and really what I'm getting at is with the with the hands and wrists is they, they need to engage. There's a point in time when they engage properly. And, again, you don't want to force it. Again, you're not trying to flip it over or what have you. That's not going to help. You're going to end up either hooking the ball or if you don't do it correctly, you can end up uh, opening the face even further, and then you end up getting that nice, wonderful, big old slice. Uh, but there is a point. But, again, as we get older, sometimes you, you can't generate as much uh, body speed, so t- sometimes the hands working, again, properly uh, can give you a little bit more. Something else, too, uh, that we see with a lot of uh, older golfers is, um, especially if they've lost distance, uh, your ball flight has turned into a fade or even a slice, uh, it's likely caused be- by a lack of uh, flexibility or a loss of flexibility. You're not able to rotate away from the target as much, so which causes you to get a little steep. So one of the things that we've uh, you know done over the years is to get golfers to close their stance. So what do I mean by that? So for uh, right-handed golfers um, that are swinging uh, right-handed, um, you want to keep your, your left foot in its position. So you want to take your stance as normal, but then pull your, your back leg, which is your right leg, just back a little bit. And what that does is it opens your stance, uh, or actually closes your stance to your target, but it opens your hips um, going back in the backswing. So what that does allows you to take a greater turn. And this is something that a lot of older golfers that maybe have hip issues and things like that struggle with. They can't get a very good turn in the backswing. So this is a way to give you uh, one way, and we'll talk about some others, uh, helps you get a little bit more hip rotation. Your thoughts here as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think you can, uh, even if you just put your foot back a little bit, it's going to help you. As you say, it's closing your stance, but it's opening the hip so that it's easier to get the club head back, if that yep. makes sense. And, and then yeah, that's and a lot of times you have a bigger swing. Yeah, and a lot of times what happens, uh, I've seen this many, many times, is instead of hitting that old uh, fade or even a slice, some players will actually begin to draw the ball a little bit, uh, again, if they're making good contact. So that's a, a bonus because you get a little extra... Uh, distance, as we know, when the ball goes from right to left as opposed to left to right. Um, also, uh, turn early. Again, most people's backswings become shorter over time due to loss of flexibility. Uh, so you want to feel uh, as though you're turning early in your backswing, starting on your takeaway. So uh, do this. Uh, doing this will create some depth in your turn. That's just another way um, to, again, get more uh, distance is by getting those those hips. And again, turning your hips, that's another one too, Cindy, um, that we quite often see is that, again, because of flexibility, a lot of older golfers just start turning the upper body. They don't even move the hips. Um, this is something here. So one of the things, what are some things that you, in addition to obviously moving that, that back foot uh, a little further back and, op- and closing the stance to your target, uh, there's some other things that you can do. What are some things that you try to do to help uh, get the hips moving? Well, again, I I would just drop the foot back, and I'm not trying to get them to turn their hips too much because then my fear is they're going to sway. And if right. they're not flexible, the more stable their hips are with that foot back, 
the bigger the swing they can make. I don't want them to turn. I want them to swing the head and allow their arms to swing, and then they're going to make a bigger circle, and then they can generate more speed, and then they can hit it further. So that's yep. my opinion. Yep. And, and one of the other things I wanted to add to this as well that helps with the hip turn um, is flaring your feet a little bit more. Um, one of the things that, that happens is you'll see that the feet are very square uh, to the target, um, and it has almost like a 90-degree effect. And what happens is they can't get a very big turn. And again, you're right. You don't want to be turning too much because then you ent enter into swaying. But you do want to be able to, to turn a little bit more, especially if you have, um, and we're going to talk about flexibility in a moment. Um, there's some things that you need to do with that as well. Uh, making the club lighter on your backswing. Um, we talked about uh, a moment ago about using the levers in the downswing, which is, of course, your hands and wrists. Uh, that's just as important in the backswing. Allow your wrist to hinge earlier in the backswing. This will make the club feel lighter in the backswing and create more speed in the club head. So, in other words, as you said, Cindy, as you pointed out, with that stiff uh, lead arm, a lot of times they're not getting a proper uh, wrist hinge, and they're not really swinging the club. They're just sort of turning their bodies, which is part of the, the process of the golf swing. But you also have to swing the club, and that can only be done by your arms and, of course, your, your hands and your, and your wrists. Um, so that's one thing. Um, Another one is lighter clubs in general. Um, this is a way, especially, you know, I see this a lot, and I'm sure you've seen it with some of our older golfers who have played for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, and they're playing with stiff shafts. They're playing with clubs that uh, have a, a heavier weight to them um, instead of maybe moving to a graphite shaft, as an example. Their clubs are still as heavy as they were when they were 25, and now they're 65. Um, so they might need to make some equipment changes. What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, you know, it depends on the shaft. You don't want the shaft, number one, too heavy, and number two, too stiff, because then you can't swing it fast enough. So it, you need the, the perfect combination of the weight of the head, the flex of the shaft, the length of the shaft, and the size of the grip. Some of these uh, no. older people get bigger grips, because their hands are arthritic and then what happens is the grip is too heavy and you can't feel the head so then they're swinging the shaft instead of the head so you got to be very right. aware of the size of the grip and the weight of the head and make sure that you can uh, feel the weight of the head don't you agree yeah and there's a lot yeah I agree and there's a lot of actually what's very interesting is with technology now there's a lot of grips on the market now designed for that there's a lot of them where they have a little extra padding underneath that actually makes the grip a little softer. So you don't necessarily have to get a bigger grip, but it, it allows the, the grip to be a little softer. So you just have to do a little homework, get on, uh, you know, most people can get online now and you can do a little research and you can find that, or talk to your, your local golf pro. They can maybe point you in the right direction because especially if they're uh, at a club that uh, has a lot of uh, older golfers, a lot of them will try to do things to help their, their membership and uh, they might not have it. And if not, just say, hey, this might be something you want to look into because I guarantee it. Uh, a lot of the older golfers are going to uh, grapple to something like that if they see there's an advantage to helping them feel. Because there's nothing where you're, you're exactly right. As, as we get older, sometimes things like arthritis and whatever creeps into the hands, and it's very difficult to grip the club properly with the traditional grip. So there's a lot of options out there. You just have to do a little research. Another one, Cindy, uh, this is our, our seventh tip, and, and that is to use more loft. Um, as you lose speed, it may be more difficult to get the ball into the air, um, so instead of swinging that uh, eight and a half, nine degree driver, maybe you might need to get a 12 degree driver. Maybe it's time to uh, increase that to help you get the ball in the air. What do you think? It just might be. <laughs> because again, <laughs> if you go get tested and get fit, Mm -hmm. and you have a good fitter doing the session, uh, they will put you and allow you to try a lot of different combinations with different heads and different shafts and different lofts and lies and lengths and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. You can get the best numbers possible. And if you're really frustrated, number one, I would go take a lesson first. 
because that's mm-hmm. the least expensive way to find out what's really going on. And then number two, if you're hitting it as good as you can hit it with the clubs that you have, then I might go um, try out different clubs and get custom fit for a new driver. Yeah, and, and you know, a great way, or, or certainly one great way to do that is look in your area. A lot of regions now have demo days. You'll see several manufacturers will get together and organize um, a demo day in your area. You just need to, again, do a little research. And you might have several manufacturers, uh, different styles, different types of clubs. That's a great opportunity to go out there because they can adjust, especially with drivers and so forth. They can get in there with their uh, with the key and, and they can actually adjust it. So maybe maybe you need to your driver needs to have a more of a closed uh, club face so they can dial that in and, and close it up a little bit to help you straighten the ball out uh, or maybe in some cases um, they can actually take a driver uh, that maybe traditionally is a 10 degree loft and they can actually open it up a little bit and increase the loft uh, half to in some cases even a full degree so now you've got an 11 degree so there's a lot of great options that's a great way to test things out and again you've got skilled professionals it's not just a club manufacturer but you've got a lot of pros there as well um, that the manufacturers bring in that can help you do an assessment right there and you can try different things, try different shafts, um, see what works best for you. But that's, that's a way I think that, um, and again, obviously uh, to your point, I agree. I think you need to go and have a lesson first. Let your, your professional sort of give you an overall assessment, see where you're at, see what areas you're struggling with and where the equipment adjustment could maybe help alleviate some of those issues. So, uh, great point. Um, number eight is uh, proper ball position. Again, as we get older, it's important to tweak the conventional fundamentals so that we fit your physical ability. So, um, you know, it may be difficult for you to pivot on your forward swing um, as you once did, uh, for example, which may cause you to hit a lot of fat shots. Sometimes a common sense solution is to simply move the ball more back in your stance. So, the uh, again, it, the creates a different low point uh, of your golf swing. So uh, again, going to your point that you just made, I think it's very important to get with a, a golf professional, would you agree, to really take a look at that because that might be an option. You don't want to just start playing around and moving because then you create other issues. But don't you think ball position as well could be something, Again, as, and again, I'm talking mainly for some of our older golfers, uh, could be, be an issue. Um, you know, If you're playing it to typically a little further forward, and you can't get forward as easily as you once did, um, I think it makes more sense to move the ball back a little bit. Not too far, but a little bit. And that's where your, your instructor or coach could help you a bit. What do you think there? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just um, it, it just makes a lot of sense to, <coughs> pardon me, to, to look at things like the equipment and, and how you set up. And that doesn't mean you want to make drastic changes, but sometimes subtle changes, um, Cindy, I think, can, um, <coughs> pardon me, can make a, a world of difference. And then go to, to your point number nine that you mentioned earlier, uh, grips that fit your hands. Properly fitted grips are extremely important. Maybe you could touch a little bit more on that. Yeah, so many people, I, a lot of people, I should say, believe that bigger grips feel better in their hands. But you need to be aware that if that's the case, you're not able to swing the club as fast and the bigger grip weighs more. I I found Mm -hmm. that. I did a putting lesson over the weekend, and uh, this young girl had a grip that was so big that she couldn't feel the weight of the head, and all we did was change the grip. And she putted, like, amazing over the weekend and shot 38, she texted me. So, again make sure that the grip fits your hands and it's not too heavy that it takes away the weight of the head. You've got to be able to feel the club head swing weight. It's important. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's important and, and, that, you know, grips fit you. Right, exactly. And, and the thing is, the other thing too is to make sure that every season, depending on how much you play, if you don't play very much, it's something that doesn't need to be addressed as often. But if you're playing weekly, maybe once or even twice a week at your club, um, you want to make sure you have the grips checked several times a year um, because, again, they get slick. There's other issues as well. If your grips are slick, 
you're, you're gripping on them tighter because you don't want the club to, to slip through your hands, and that creates tension in your upper body, so that creates a lot of a whole myriad of issues um, in your golf swing, and again, it's going to steal some power. The last one, um, what I want to touch on, and I mentioned very early on, uh, is actually flexibility. This is a big one for really all players, but particularly some of our older golfers. Um, we all lose uh, just the fact of life. It, it, for lack of better words, it sucks. You know, we lose that flexibility. But um, there's things that you can do. Um, and I'm going to mention a couple. Maybe, Cindy, you can uh, add a couple as well. Um, go to the gym. But don't just sit there and lift a bunch of weights and jump on the treadmill. There's other things that you can do. There's golf-specific exercises, and there's a lot of great um, golf fitness instructors out there that you can reach out to. Many of them have uh, uh, online classes and things that you can do or videos that you can look at. Those are some great. Flexibility at any age is, is vital, um, not just for golf but for other things as well. And that's, I think, where a lot of older golfers, you know, especially as we get older and, or if you've been in an office environment, you're sitting down a lot, you're not getting uh, that flexibility, you're not stretching as much as you once did. That's something, and there's some things. What are some things that you do? Obviously, Cindy, I mean, you know, we all try to stay in shape and things like that, but do you do anything or is there any exercise that you can think of offhand that, um, that you've done uh, to help sort of keep that flexibility or, or what, are your, what are your thoughts here? I have been working out with a trainer, believe it or not, trying to get stronger mm -hmm. uh, with my legs and my uh, hips so uh, so I, I'm more stable. I have mm -hmm. a lot of flexibility, but I need to be stronger so I don't, uh, as I call it, outskate the puck and move forward too, too quickly <laughs> and stand up out of my posture. So... And he's got me doing a lot of band stuff. And I've got an issue right. with my left rotator cuff. So, again, I would go to mytpi.com and look up mm -hmm. some exercises. If you're not sure what to do, email me, cindy at cindymillergolf.com. I'm TPI certified. But um, I just I went to a guy because I wanted to get a little bit stronger and see if I could hit it better. So... I, I don't want yeah, to give a, anybody an idea, you know, and have it. I'm not a, I'm TPI certified, but I'm not a physical trainer, so I don't want to just give anybody any right ideas or and screw them up. Right, exactly. And yeah, you you want to be careful of that. And that's why I say is, you know, typically what what most people do, and there's nothing wrong with going to the gym. I think you know uh, some of your traditional exercises are good to keep yourself in shape and fit and and uh, keep you know the muscles built up and things like that especially your bigger muscles but you don't want to overdo that and golf is very uh unique sport different than some of the others where uh certainly you do engage your bigger muscles but there's a lot of smaller muscles and um that need to be engaged for stability and balance and things like that that need to be worked and you need to know how to engage those properly uh not only during the golf swing but also to uh, uh train them so that they're going to serve you well when you're out there on the golf course. And there's specific exercises. Again, if you're, uh, there's a lot of folks out there that are TPI certified. You can go to tpi.com, uh, and there's a lot of great uh, videos there. I would, again, as Cindy pointed out, I would strongly urge you to go and check those out uh, because they will make a difference uh, in, in how you uh, swing the club, how you uh, stretch. And you want to, <clears throat> you know, there's some basic stretching exercises that uh, they'll put you in touch with as well uh, to do that. And those are things that you need to incorporate into your regular routine because if you don't, then what happens is you get stiff, you get tense, and then you get out there. And a lot of times we see this, Cindy, we see people showing up at the golf course, they hit a few balls on the range to warm up, and then they're off to the first tee, and they're so tense, they're so tight, their bodies are just not flexible at all because they haven't really warmed up properly, number one. And they wonder why they're hitting all kinds of shots all over the place and they're not very consistent. So... Your physical approach to the game is very, very important. And again, it will help you, I guarantee it. If you increase your flexibility uh, and you do some of the other points that we talked about here earlier, you're going to be able to get more distance off the tee. You're not going to be, Cindy, I hate to break the news to you, you cannot buy distance. Uh, you can certainly buy equipment that can help to some degree, but even it is limited um, if you don't do your part. So um, 
I think that's something that we have to look forward to. So I think those are some good points. Uh, anything else that you want to add before we wrap up? No. No. I, we, I think we got it all. Get fit. Perfect. Let the club head swing. Have the right grip size. And make a loud swoosh. That's right. I think that sounds good. All right. We want to thank you. Hopefully that will help some of the amateurs out there. And, again, if you missed uh, part of that, go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf and scroll down to the on-demand section after this uh, program ends. And you'll look for, uh, give it a few minutes, but you can look for the recorded version. And uh, you can only uh, get our discussion on uh, 10 tips to boost your driving distance. But you can also hear our interview with Amy Lee uh, from the Epson Tour. So um, thank you all for joining us, Cindy. As always, it's a pleasure. I look forward to uh, joining you next week as we have another uh, great guest and hopefully another interesting discussion on the second half. But on that note, on behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Rico. God bless everybody, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week on the Women of Golf. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash women of golf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.